High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, it's time now for Numbers That Talk. And in the studio is the senior statistician at the Central Statistics Office, George Cullum. By the way, um, all the information you need about this is on CSO.ie. But George, of course, brings them to life. I think it's not too much of an exaggeration that the numbers are actually sexy uh, this week. George, welcome to the program. Thanks very much, George. Well, now this is a real challenge. Make uh, industrial relations disputes and strike sexing. Okay, so each week I pick a different topic to talk about, as you know, and I suppose with the Lewis strike and then the bus strike and then we had the announcement of the guards threatening to go on strike, I thought it'd be interesting for your Mm. listeners to have a a listen to some of the numbers that's available on our website. We produce a quarterly series uh, on industrial disputes and what we show are the number of firms, the number of workers and the number of days lost. So I have figures here going back to 2000 and it was very quiet. I mean, 2000 were the boom years. I was on before saying it was a time of full employment, but despite Despite that, there were 22,000 workers on strike in the winter of 2000. And just bear that word in in mind, winter, George, because you talked about the winter of discontent. 63,000 days lost back then. And companies like Erlingus, the Eastern Health Board and Erin Road Air were all on strike. Then there was a long period of calm throughout the 2001, 2003, 2004, until we get to the winter of 2004. And we see another big spike in the numbers when there's over 8,000 workers on strike and 12,000 days lost. And again, we can see the transport sector, bus air and Irish ferries and then on post were involved in some of those disputes. Now, there is a common factor here, I put to you. These are all unionised organisations. So does it, like you can't go on strike really unless you're in the union. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, when I look at it by industry and I figures here by industry, you can see in agriculture, there's no industrial disputes. In sectors like IT and in banking, there's no industrial disputes. Well, now you're too young to remember the great bank strikes, which I'll inform you about at the moment. I told Pat Kenny this morning he could barely remember the bank strikes. Yeah, no, I looked it up before I came on the show, George, and I actually do remember it. I'm not that young. It was in 1970. It went on for six months. And um, there's fascinating histories written about it and how Ireland coped at the time. Well, I mean, there there are people listening who would find it astonishing that the banks were closed for six months. And we continued. The economy continued. We continued. And I think what happened was, wasn't it, that the local shops, if you like, became de facto clearinghouses for people's paychecks and pubs. And you went down with your paycheck to your local, now it would be the Mace or the Spa, but then it was O'Sullivan's or Ryan's or whoever around your corner shop. And they gave you your groceries. And the country ticked on. Now, I think it did lead to inflation because there was so much credit available at the time because the banks weren't there. And I think there were probably issues running out of cash. But I was only a child at the time, so I don't fully remember. Well, I remember very well. But there are some other things, though, on this question of industry. Go back to my point. You have to be in a union to go on strike. I mean, the private sector just doesn't go on strike. That's right. And I have numbers here in front of me about union membership because the CSO produces an annual series on union membership. And um, I mean, back in the 1980s, union membership was at as high as 62 percent. Of the workforce? Yes, yes. And by 2005, uh, just over half a million people were members of a union, 542,000, 34 percent of workers. And that has fallen steadily since 2005. So we think of the economic downturn in 2009. It might have been an impetuous for 
people to join unions, but the opposite has happened. It's fallen steadily since 2009 from 537,000 and today in 2016 it's at 400,000. So just one in four of us at work in Ireland are members of unions But now. there are certain industries that were hugely unionised. There was a fellow, I forget his name now, but he was the Irish Transport and General Workers Union, number four branch. Number four branch was hotels, right? And every person working in a hotel was a member of a trade union. Okay. So this guy could walk into a hotel, click his fingers, all out, and the next minute the whole place would be closed. Okay, well, you know, George, that must, a, be, that must be back in history, sorry to cut across you, because I've no numbers here for strikes in hotels and restaurants <laughs> in recent years. No, it's so maybe he died. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when he walked into a hotel, everybody was terrified. You know, okay. and he got free dinners and everything like because they were afraid. He just closed the industry. Okay, okay. So the, the CSO, we did a profile of union members as well. Now, these figures are a bit old. They're about yeah. five or six years old. And basically, young people aren't in unions. So those at work age 15 to 19, only 6% of them are in a union. And those in their 20s, about 15, 20% of them are in a union. It's it's our age group, George, those aged between 45 and 60, half of us are in a union. So we're the most unionised age group wise. And then when we look at it by profession, it is more the professionals and the associates professionals. So they're your teachers and your guards. And like you say, it is the public sector workers but, but then, and then the transport yeah. industry workers. But, but then, of course, I wonder, there are there are, there are guys, uh, using guys in a multi-gender way, dear John, remember my guest is Deirdre Cullen, chief statistician at CSO. There then are guys, of course, who wouldn't dream of calling themselves a union, but they're in some kind of an association, like consultant doctors, for instance. I mean, if you said to them they were in a trade union, they'd be appalled. Yeah. I, that's true. But I think the numbers that we're producing here cover what they call staff associations. Do they? They do, they do. And just to dig into it a little bit more, you're far more likely to be in a union if you're married than if you're single. Again, I guess that's the age profile thing. Um, if you're in a couple with children. So we do the family profile of union membership. And then those in, in full-time work are more likely to be but in a the, union as well. Yeah, but the interesting thing that you mentioned young people aren't in a union, in a sense you would think that young people almost need a union more than older people because young people don't know what their rights are invariably. They just sign on for a job and they have no idea what their rights are and and so on. And also, I was talking to a a young person recently and I said the last time uh, people worked uh, the kind of hours he's working were, were in the Industrial Revolution in that 19th century or whatever it was, right? Ours have actually got longer. Ours of work have got longer. You never know, George. You might see a spike in union membership <laughs> after our conversation today. It's a good point. But I mean, we're not recording any disputes or workers, you know, in dispute in those kind of the, the new industries, if you like, the IT, because the services. Because they don't know how to retail. Well, or else they're, they're not organised. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't know how to mount yeah. a picket. Yeah, yeah. They, they'll have to take lessons from, but, from the bus drivers and the... The other thing, though, is when you talk about the bus strike, it's interesting that you mentioned Aer Lingus, Aer Road Aer, Bus Aer. The transport industry must be high up in your league table for uh, days last, no? 
It is. So let me just see what I have here. Transportation. So I have workers in dispute. So back in 2008, it was only tiny numbers. Um, but by 2013, five and a half thousand workers were involved in disputes. And 2014, 3,200. And then 2015, 4,000 But workers. in 2000, there was some, it was 64,000 days were lost, you said, I think, if memory serves. Did you not? Yeah, that's right. So obviously other firms were involved at that time as well. I'll just run down through some of the, the other time series. 2009 was the difficult year. So if you like, Ireland went into the recession in 2008. People kind of were maybe getting organised. By the winter of 2009, there was 66,000 workers involved in disputes and 158 firms. So that's a whole range of little disputes right across Ireland. And most of those were private sector firms. So I wouldn't call out those names. You know, that's All right. confidential but, but it's quite interesting, though, that everybody seems to go on strike in the winter. Presuming that because they don't want to interfere with the summer holidays, is it? Is that the reason? <laughs> yeah, as you said, you know, when I said I was going to talk about this, you talked about the winter of discontent. Yeah. By 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 the end of two thousand and nine, um, sorry, by by the following year, then we had the um, the all the public servants went on strike the twenty fourth of November, and we had a quarter of a million workers were on strike for a day. Then at the end of November, so that was when the pay cuts were starting to bite for the public sector workers. And then, I mean, there's there's no disputes from two thousand and nine up to the, if you like the recent period. Really? So things have been very well. Of quiet. course, you people weren't going none, on strike talking, because times were bad. I'm talking one and two firms and numbers of workers just counting in the hundreds. Um, and then Q4, sorry, quarter four, or the winter 2014, the teachers went on strike and we can see yeah. 25,000 workers involved in disputes then. But it's definitely a seasonal thing, striking. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it didn't occur to me about the summer holidays, but you could be onto something right. there. But it, one, I, unfortunately, he was a cork man and he was one of the great anti-union men of history, was Henry Ford. And Henry Ford... Um, if they went on strike like, you know, he brought in blacklegs, as they were called, you know, non-union workers do the work. And Ford was very anti-worker, which is a shame, him being a Cork guy. And, and he built his first factory outside America in Cork, all right? But the issue of strikes, the the power of the picket is still um, enormously strong. Now, when you call out those figures of strikes, there were strikes. There weren't kind of strike breakers as such. Do you know, there weren't kind of alternative operations set up during the strikes. No, I mean, I think almost all the figures I'm giving today are official disputes. I yeah. think there could be some small number of unofficial disputes mixed in there. But no, by and large, official disputes is, is, is what we're talking about here. And so you're right. It's It's not like, you know, some ad hoc kind of, you know, yeah, there was, you see, down. the difference that has happened now is, although trade union membership has, has decreased remarkably, remarkably I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, probably if you counted them as sort of lost, the trade unions have been the biggest losers of almost any organisation in, in the country, isn't that right? They have really. I mean, they were very powerful during the era of social partnership, you know, which began yeah. back in the, the late 80s, was it? And there was five yeah. or six different social partnership arrangements. And I think by the time the final social partnership arrangement towards 2016, I think they pulled out of that then sometime in 2010 when, you know, the thing kind of fell apart. So I think we're now into what they're calling um, social dialogue is, is the new buzzword when, you know, we're trying to resolve issues. Person so, makes an interesting point here, Deirdre. Has the 
growth in HR professionals meant that companies are better dealing with employees and therefore there's less strike. That's that's a very good point, and and maybe they work in in the area of HR, and you know, I mean, you know, presumably a lot of our terms and conditions have greatly improved. You know, I think certainly since we became members of the EU, employment law is far more strict and settled, and people's terms and conditions are generally they're well defined. Your contract is well defined, so you know, I'm, I'm sure these smaller disputes that might have been rumbling around across the place have but diminished in number. But the one thing that has, I don't know, unofficial strikes for you now as a statistician probably are, are only a blip in your graph, isn't that That's right? That's right, yeah. The numbers, Whereas, yeah. Um, you know, when unions were at the most powerful, unofficial strikes, there were probably, I mean, this is my own sort of anecdotal feeling, mm. uh, unofficial strikes were there as often as official ones. So, okay. like, I mean, if w- I always remember there was a famous case at Leopardstown Races. Like, one person stood outside Leopardstown, but she had a bit of a grievance, carrying a, 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 a picket, a, a thing, mm. a placard. Jockeys wouldn't pass, the trainers wouldn't pass, you know, the catering yeah. workers. Nobody passed. Okay. The toast wouldn't pass because the power of the picket was so strong. Yeah. And that remains the case, I think. Yeah, I think so. But possibly if you remember the Dunn strike, that was in 1984 when the 10 Dunn stores workers went about to strike South about South Africa. The, one of the checkout operators refused to handle, was it grapefruit from South Africa? Probably. Under instruction from her union. Um, I, I mean, my memory is that people did pass that picket and, and Dunn stayed in business. That dispute dragged on for three years. Yeah, but so those pickets, I have to say, if... The middle class are much more likely to pass. Again, this is opinion, right? Mm. You don't like opinion because you're a very factual person. Um, Middle class people tend to pass pickets, whereas working class people who are invariably members of unions themselves Mm. won't pass a picket. So I do remember Dunn saying, um, it was never my shop of choice as it happened. But like, I would think, you know, the average people doing their shopping just blithely walked in. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it, yeah, it's interesting though because I mean South African goods were eventually banned from Ireland, you know, until yeah. apartheid was brought down. And I when I looked back at the bus strike back in 1974, that went on for 9 weeks. I have a strong memory of that. Um, yeah, but all the way now, that the bus that, strike, there were army buses on the streets. That's, that's the, my memory too. Yeah. Women being helped into the back <laughs> of an army truck. I think we all have that image in our but, head. But the army were effectively strike breakers. The army were effectively Black legs. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's one way of, of putting it. But, and, but, and but, but the, the strikers sig- achieved what, what they wanted, is, I suppose, is the point that, you know, if you look back at some of the historical disputes, the PAYE marches then back in 1979, 150,000 people marched the streets of Dublin. And bit by bit, you know, the PAYE tax system got reformed. Yeah, but you Africa said farmers don't go on strike. They don't. They just block the traffic. That's true. What that's a strike the, the, of, of a, just a different kind. A tractor cade or whatever they yeah. called it. Tractors, yeah. Yeah. you know, and and, and the 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 um, the suggestion is that if guards go on strike, we'd have the army on the street. So again, the army will be like strike breakers. 
Yeah, but I, I'm not sure of you know the nuance of that, George. And I'm sure you know they have to kind of if they're called in, they have to deal with it. <laughs> I looked back the large, the last blue flu then 1998 yeah. of 5,000 guards called in sick. I think it was 60% of guards in Dublin and almost 100% of guards outside of Dublin called in sick that day. And I think they had to close the courts and some of the stations closed. And so it is. It's definitely going to be a challenge if oh. it goes ahead. Have you a figure in there that like the biggest strike in the time of the figures that you're covering? You're covering effectively from 2000. Yeah, it would definitely be the the public service, the civil service at that time, public sector workers. Yeah, a quarter of a million people in in autumn 2009. This might be an embarrassing question, but you were probably one of them, were you? Well, I don't think the public is that interested in whether or not I ever went on strike, George. So I have this vision of you, Deirdre. I have this vision of you marching up up and down O'Connell Street with uh, with a placard. Okay, I think it's very interesting. <laughs> Maybe when I was a student back in Trinity in the seventies, I think I was part of the student marches. And oh, then, well, I, yeah, were you a student activist? Well, I mean, I think we all got involved, you know. Oh, wow. I tell you, there's things I'm discovering about Deirdre Cullen every week. Joe, Joe Duffy was the student union leader when I was in Trinity in the 70s. Oh, there you are. Deirdre Cullen, chief statistician, senior statistician indeed at the CSO, CSO, Daddy, you have all the figures.